Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Goonies World. I am Meanie, also known as Ryan, and joining me tonight, as always, Goonie, also known as Colin. Hello everybody. Johnny Pharaoh, also known as Sean. Hi there. And once again, our good friend Lunicorn, also known as Lynn. Howdy. And we are jumping right back into Maze Rats. That's right. We're in our third installment of Maze Rats, a game by Ben Milton, who also created Knave. And quick recap, our heroes, Puck the Fingersmith, and Rufus Hambone the Bounty Hunter, and the mesmerizing Madame Miriam Mordant left the village of Varna to seek their fortunes in the city of Illyria. And on the way, they rescued a baby, Poppy, from the blind, cannibalistic Grimlocks, and promised her dying father they'd take her to Illyria to live with her aunt and uncle. And on the road, they turned down an offer to sell the baby to a traveling merchant, entangled with some face-eating raccoons, and thwarted the giant Ignatius. And taking refuge in the goblin caves, they learned from the goblin's co-rulers, Mr. Wiggle and Mr. Waggle, that they could find a shortcut to Illyria on the Underdark Road. And they chose to take this path because they're running out of milk for the baby. And possibly Puck would like to avoid bounty hunters he heard were on the road ahead looking for the nine-fingered bandit. Now Rufus is badly wounded but has chosen to press on. And so we'll begin as our party leaves the largest chamber of the goblin caves. And Mr. Wiggle and Mr. Waggle, and these are like little furry goblins that no two of them look alike. They're like the goblins in the movie Labyrinth, right? They're not your typical green-skinned little... Uh, classic D&D goblins but they lead you th down a natural pathway in the rock that's been slightly worked by goblin hands over the years and from time to time you're obliged to duck and it's quite dim but there's luminescent fungus that provides occasional pools of light and uh, Mr. Wiggle explains you know as you know the world has 20 sides it's one of the great polyhedral worlds that tumble through the cosmos but it's riddled with passages such as these. One might even think of it as a great giga-dungeon, so to speak. So by taking the Underdark Road, we goblins can get to places that are widely separated on the surface in just a fraction of the time. And then the goblins stop, and you've come to this vast open chamber. The roof's about 100 feet above you, and beneath you, it just plunges off into darkness. More of the luminescent fungus and some dimly glowing crystals provide some light. But there's a natural archway, like a bridge of granite, that leads across this vast chamber. Behold, says Mr. Waggle, it's the beginning of the Underdark Road. Here we leave you. We must go back and organize a night attack on Ignatius the Giant now that you've half-blinded and terribly wounded him. Yes, yes, thank you for that, says Mr. Wiggle. Oh, you're token quite welcome. Oh, I'm glad you're. I'm glad we're welcome. And as a token of our esteem, please take these. And he hands them to Rufus, but you guys can divvy them up how they want. He gives you uh, six doses of medicine, six doses of oh. delicious red drink. These are oh. good medicine. Drink them up now, or you may regret it. And by the way, if you see any red mushrooms here in the underdark, make sure they're dark red, not light red. But the dark red ones are medicine. And the light red ones are poison. And I suggest if you need them, you boil them down and make the concoction. Either way, but don't eat the light red ones. 
And you should reach the upside-down city in less than a day, says Mr. Waggle. You'll know it when you see it. If you climb up through the, un- the upside-down city, then you'll find yourselves in the lowest levels of Illyria. Yes, you will. Now may the great polyhedral gods bless you, says Mr. Wiggle, and you take care of that precious baby. Of course. We will. Thank you so much. I think I have just spontaneously decided <clears throat> that for, uh, you know, purposes of entertainment, that Puck is red-green colorblind. <laughs> and uh, so he won't be able to tell which mushroom is which. Okay. Well, then, then you're going to die. You're going to die down here. I, before you go... Yes, yes. Wiggles, Mr. Wiggles and Mr. Uh-huh. Waggles. What sort of, uh, you know, um, what sort of uh, challenges or, or, or obstacles might we run into down here? Well, we don't exactly know because there's a certain point where they won't let goblins go any further. You know, they don't like us in Illyria. They're, they're prejudiced. They're, they're goblin. They're racists. They're goblinists. They don't like us. So we can't go too far, but I know there's some there's some uh, dire geese men down here floating around, leathery. Watch out for them. You don't want to mess with that, but we don't go past. There's a certain chamber far ahead, and they just won't let goblins anywhere past that. There's a guardian there. He's always looking out for goblins. So make sure no one thinks you're a goblin. Yeah, make sure no one thinks you're one of us. Or they won't let you pass. Well, I don't think we uh, have anything to worry about on that front. We are uh, quite um, taller, stronger, prettier. Less goblin-y in general, really, ma'am. We do appreciate the advice, though. I don't know about prettier, but you're taller, definitely, and probably a little stronger. But you're not pretty like me. Or like me. Anyway, you take good care of that baby and watch out for those dire geesemen. Well do. So, so yeah, now now you just have to go across this uh this arch bridge. And of course it's obviously you know, there's no railings on this little bridge or anything. It's totally like the bridge of Casa Doom, you know. There's really only room to walk about single file across it. So who'd like to go first? Well, before we go any further, um let's uh talk about business here. I've got six uh medicines um i was handed them um so they're in my possession um and if you would like you may have uh one medicine for yourselves if you wish more if needed only under uh, certain circumstances I would like one, please. Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got three, but one more wouldn't hurt. Well, okay. Uh, one for each of you, then. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to um, go ahead and take the one that he just gave me right now. Okay. Get me almost back to max. Anybody else want to take some medicine? You want to take your medicine? Uh, how much does it heal? I forget. One. One. Because I believe I took a damage last. Yeah, it, it heals time. one health. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take it as well. Okay. <laughs> Immediately. And if you get a full night's sleep and take one and a meal, that'll get back uh, two health. And if you ever want all your health back, you just have to stay in one safe place.
place and rest for an entire 24-hour period, but you guys have decided not to do that because of your low milk supply for Poppy. Yeah, but uh, I'm assuming we'll, we're having this conversation, but, um, yeah, you know, now that we're taking a shortcut, you know, maybe now we can um, rest 24 hours because, uh, you know, everyone knows if you rest 24 hours, you're fully healed all the way up. Um, but we don't know how much of a shortcut. Maybe we ought to wait and see. Yes, and if we should run into trouble that would take up some of our time, I do worry about the milk supply. We'll tell you what. If we make it to the outskirts of Illyria, and we know that it's going to just be a short time until we get inside of the city, well, then we could just take a rest then. If we've got enough milk. Yeah, that sounds sensible to me. Yes, yes, I agree. I'm going to take... A lovely plan. I'm going to take a, uh, one of my medicine now. So that will bring him up to four. Alright. Now, now, before you go dungeoneering, as it were, are there any items from your pack that you would like to transfer to your belt? Because if you remember, anything that's on your belt, you can just get out instantly, but if it's in your pack, it'll take you D6 rounds to actually, I could never find anything in here, you know, pull it out of your out of your pack. So you might look at your stuff and see if there's anything you think might be useful, you know, in an underground environment here in the Underdark that uh, you might want to have instantly handy if you need it. Um, I would like to just make a note of the things that I have in my pocket. So you're aware, and then I'm not pulling shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have big, blousy pockets rather than a pouch, okay. you know, because of my you mean a be- my outfit. You mean a belt? Um, yes. You're letting us know what's on yes. your your quote unquote belt, your effective belt. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. So I have a vial of acid, one medicine, uh, and my uh, dagger. And my sling, one of the the sling, I will actually hold in one hand. Okay. Is that? That works. Sound reasonable, so, heart. What is? It, how many items on your belt? Two, right, or three? You know what? I don't. I don't remember. But if they're not huge, I'm not going to be too picky about it. Yeah, I was hoping the vial of acid and ration, or not ration, but uh, one medicine, would be small enough and then have something on the other side as well yeah a weapon on the other side yeah well, technically technically belts can carry up to two items but if it's if there's small items or they make sense I don't see any reason to be a hard ass about it um I also I think I've, I may have been I may I may be out of poison I, I, I used it at least twice I think against the giant so yeah um so I think I will replace the vial of poison uh, with a lantern because we're in a you know cave. That's true. That's true. And like I said, there's some dim lighting, but we could pick some of those mushrooms and brew you some more poison later, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some the, of the bad mushrooms. Yeah, the the light red ones, and we'll have to show. Well, well, I don't know if we know that he's uh, colorblind, but we know. You'll find yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Better have. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm not that one. 
definitely going to keep uh, put one medicine back on my belt. Okay. All right. Good to know. Actually, and I'm going to put two. Okay. Two. But anyway, you've got this single file bridge that leads across this whole chamber. That's essentially a bottomless pit with a you know hundred foot high ceiling above you. And uh, who would like to walk first? Uh, oh, I think Puck is going to just bravely step out there because he don't he don't give a shit. Okay, and also he's got a nice lantern there. So, so true. So as you Good get point. about, uh, you guys walk out. Who goes second? I'll take up the uh, second spot. Okay, and that leaves Madam Miriam in the rear. And I assume, are you still holding Poppy and your little makeshift? Papoose, you little chest papoose. I would assume so. <laughs> well, you know what? If you would like to go second, uh, I could go third so that we have a protective, you know, barrier around Poppy. Uh, sandwich. I think that's an excellent idea. Protective sandwich. All right. The protective sandwich maneuver, of course. You know. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys begin out walking out onto the bridge, and it's a little, you know, it's, you know, it's a little scary because there's this huge drop off to not that far to left or right. You can imagine if you fell, you'd just probably fall forever. But uh, you know, and of course, like you said, the this whole world is riddled with with these passages. You know, only the gods know where you might end up. But since you're walking in front and you've got a nice bright lantern. Uh, go ahead and make a will roll, which is our perception stat, Puck. But because you've got the nice bright lantern, please do so with advantage. So roll 3d6 and pick the two highest. Add your will bonus and try to beat a 10. 10 is our standard number for everything except for hitting in combat. Well, all right. We'll see what I get. Um, my will bonus is zero, so that's not ideal. So that's going to be... Eight. Okay, well, everything looks perfectly fine up ahead. You get right up to about the apex of the bridge, uh, where the arch is highest, and suddenly you're shocked, Puck, because uh, you didn't notice a crack. Uh, it was just a tiny hairline fracture, but the, obviously the bridge is unstable. And there you see Puck just plunge down the crack. Part of the bridge just breaks off, and Puck, Puck falls. Quick, Puck, make a dexterity roll to grab yourself quickly. Again, it's a 10. There's no advantage this time, so it's 2d6 plus your dex bonus to hope you can grab on and stop yourself from falling. <laughs> well, um, fortunately, uh, Puck is quite dexterous. Not only is Puck quite dexterous, but he rolled an 11, and with the plus 3 from his dex, that's out of 14. That's nice. So you, gra- you, keep, you hold on to the lantern, you grab on with the other hand, and then, you know, your friends will have to kind of help pull you up. But, uh, but you know uh, what? Yeah. Um, I just learned a very valuable lesson. I should have put my uh, grappling hook uh, on my belt instead of uh, the extra health. It's totally what I was hoping. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I forgot I had well, that. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'm, tell you what, Rufus. Well, uh, we'll go, go ahead. Well, I was going to say you, you make a great point, and I think I think at this moment I'm going to take this advantage of this time to take my scabbarded sword and put it in my backpack and take out my rope and put it on my belt. That's a good idea. That's a good yeah, idea. I'm going to uh, put my uh, grappling hook on my belt, and so okay. Yeah, now, I will. Now we're ready. S- uh, someone has rope. 
say rope? You've got rope. Yeah, okay. Correct. Yeah, I just put rope. Excellent. Excuse me, I just put rope on my belt, replacing my sword. Well, then I will do nothing. Yeah, and your belt is, your your rope is tied up, you know, it's making the, Miriam's rope is making the papoose for the baby, so, I mean, it can't really be used for anything else Oh, at the that's moment. right, yeah. I've forgotten about that, it certainly is. Yeah, 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 okay. You are correct, sir. All right, so you have a grappling hook and a rope. They're not attached to each other at the moment, but we can worry about that later. Now... You pulled Puck back up, but now you got the problem is there's, you know, about a three and a half foot wide, you know, break in the bridge that you're going to have to jump across. There's pretty much no other way to to, to do it. So, uh, Puck, you're still first in line. Uh, you want to give her a jump across the bridge. Now, if you back up and make it a running jump, you can do so with advantage. And this would be a dexterity roll. Anything to do with agility and balance and so forth. Um, let me just scan here. Since we're not exactly in a hurry, I just want to look at my backpack real quick and make sure I don't have anything that would be useful. Yes, always look through your... Always make sure you know what's in your inventory. But I do not. So, yes, I think I will indeed uh, back up a couple feet and take a little running. Uh, okay, good luck, Puck. Here we go. And he runs and he jumps. And I need a 10. Yeah. Yep, need a 10. And we hear those dice. Oh, I rolled exactly a 10, so 13. 13, and <coughs> you, may, you land on the other side safely. And you can back up and make a little landing room for Miriam, who has some precious, precious cargo with her. Um, what I am actually going to do is uh, take the rope and uh, wing one end of it over to Miriam so that she can tie herself so that if she does fall um, at least you know she'll pull us both down and we'll both die. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Now you've got the rope so if worse comes to worse. Okay. Poppy makes a quizzical look. She's not like 100% on this. And uh, you run and leap. Uh oh. Eight. And you fall. You don't make it all the way over the edge. Poppy screams, but it's really more of a woo because she didn't realize the seriousness of the situation. But uh, you uh, plummet down. You've got the rope. It's tied off around you. But puck, puck, please make a strength roll. You can do so with advantage. I assume you're standing in such a way that you're leveraged, you know. And- that would have been the plan yeah. to sort of plant myself. Yeah, uh, nice, nice, nice plant, Anne. And um, <laughs> way to plant, and <laughs> make a make a stance. It's almost like a rock star guitar stance where you're right. really jacked into the stage. Right, the James Hetfield, you know, yeah, left leg forward stance. Right, wide stance. Wide stance. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. Even with advantage, this is probably going to go poorly. But I do have a... So I rolled a three and a one on the first two dice. So if I get a six on the next dice, that I will succeed. Otherwise, I will fail. Okay. Here comes the third die. It's a four. Okay. That's not enough. Now, don't forget to add your strength. Had you already factored that in? Yes, I did. Oh, no! Okay, so you suddenly just got pulling. You're just like dragged towards the edge. Rufus, can you do anything? If you could jump over there and grab this rope in one fell swoop, my friend, then you could save everybody, Rufus. Otherwise, you know, and and you haven't, like, completely fallen yet, Puck, but you're, like, slowly, you know, 
you're still maintaining that stance, right? You're just being dragged slowly, <laughs> slowly towards the edge. Um, and Miriam, I don't know what you're thinking, but you're you're just hanging there over the endless dark below you, Rufus. I hope you could save the day here. I hope so. My death was not foretold. This is not my time. Hang on, everybody. I'm coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, so. It's a running leap. Remember, you can get advantage with the running leap. I believe in you, Rufus. I thought you were going to say, I believe I can fly. It's like, it won't work. Yeah. <laughs> it won't work. Need more than belief. No. Okay. Uh. Oh, I forgot to roll advantage. Yeah, don't forget your advantage. Okay. I'm pretty free with advantage, and I hope you'll... Take advantage. Ooh, six. Uh, so that would be ten. <laughs> okay, so you've jumped over there in time. You grab, you can grab Puck, and once you make a strength roll, you yank on that thing. In fact, both you and Puck pull and give you advantage on this roll. So make a strength roll to pull Miriam and Poppy up to the other side of the chasm, or the other side of the bridge, broken bridge. Eleven. Oh, nice, nice. So... <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Rufus. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, oh, I thought I could t- uh, take it on my own, but I oh, clearly needed your help. Thank you. All right. Thank you so oh, much. A lot of people don't think they need my help until they need it, and I, I'm always there, though. Well, you count on these muscles. We'll <laughs> just look at them. I knew you'd save us. Okay. Never had any doubt. Well, in your circle of lamplight, you can make your way, continue to make your way across the bridge. And like I said, uh, along the the wall, which is pretty far away from you, the walls of this chamber, you know, there was some some luminescent fungus and some glowing crystals that just provide a, a little bit of light. And in that very dim light, you can see some winged creatures flying out of a hole about a few dozen feet above you. They're very large, and they've got big wingspans. You almost think you see some humanoid bodies attached to them uh, uh, but despite the humanoid bodies from your perspective and in the dim light they resemble nothing so much as leathery geese like creatures with torsos and arms and legs but they don't molest you they just fly out past over your heads and do kind of a, a big not not a full on U-turn but uh, turn across the center of the chamber above you and disappear into another hole and uh, so, luckily for right now, they're leaving you alone. And at the end of the bridge, there's this triangular natural opening in the rock that's been decorated with petroglyphs. But it's mostly just crude goblin graffiti. They're not like ancient, important runes or anything like that. There's uh, silly goblin faces and inappropriate anatomical drawings and that sort of thing. And uh, the chamber beyond this uh, triangular opening is just bathed in a, a dim red glow. And you can see into the room. Once you walk through it, though, all three of you, this panel just falls close, shut behind you. You realize the interior of this room has been worked a little bit. And this great big heavy iron thing just clangs to the bottom. Startles Poppy. Makes her cry a little bit. Uh, can you make a will roll to try to get Poppy to stop crying? Can you do a little cooing? There, there. Rock her a little bit. Bounce yes. her. Pat her back. She's scared by that loud, loud noise. Do I have any advantage here? Yeah, we'll give you, uh, we'll give you breast advantage. 
my god. <laughs> All right. My breasts will empower me. Yes. Um, and apparently they will. Oh, good. Because I got an 11. Okay, well, Poppy stops stops crying. She seems soothed I, for the moment. I could have done that. Yes, maybe so. <laughs> yes, of course you could have. Well, um, like I said, there was some glowing light coming from this room. And now you see that there's luminescent fungus, red fungus, growing everywhere. And some of it's light red. And, and some of it is dark red. There's also a big iron door in the opposite wall of the chamber. And the only other thing in here is like a really battered old harpsichord that's standing near that opposite door. Uh, it's kind of like built into the wall, actually. And uh, would you guys like to collect any of the uh, any of the mushrooms that are in here? Like I said, they're not good to just eat by themselves. But if you could boil them in a pot somehow, you know, over a yeah, fire, yeah, we could. Yeah, later totally on, totally collect them and brew stuff later. Okay, I'm I'm down for some collecting of the shrooms. Okay, okay, yep. All right. For some reason, Puck is is drawn toward the harpsichord. Okay, yeah. He wants to go play it. Yeah, and you know you may not have ever had formal lessons, but we assume you're a bright enough guy that you're raised in a city. You know, you might have a, a general, a general idea, and uh, you could start, you start playing heart and soul, dang, 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 da, dang, da, dang, da, dang, ding, ding, you know, the type of things that people who can't really play piano can play, right? Chopsticks, chopsticks. Well, actually, what I imagined <clears throat> was that he sat down and just sort of plinked around. Da, a couple tones, da, 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 and then just broke into like fear lease. <laughs> yeah, right. You guys are amazed. You're amazed. <laughs> hey, I'm perfectly happy with you writing it into the character backstory. You know that you could play beautifully. Wait, uh, well, doesn't he have one missing finger? That's even more impressive. If that's it's even more impressive, right? <laughs> you know true. what I play? Play the that those keys with. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> All right. I, I, now that is impressive. I, I apologize for even making that joke. Well, you know what? We're, we're going to get in trouble someday, you know, and it's probably going to be over a dick joke. So we might as well. Anyway. <laughs> well, if that's how we're going to go down, that's how I want to go. down. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, a voice comes over from the other side of that iron door. He goes, "That's beautiful playing. That is absolutely beautiful. I am the guardian of the underdark road." The voice says, "Only humans or other t- creatures may pass. No goblins. The city of Illyria does not like goblins." So I'm down here to make sure that goblins may go no further. And this little slit opens the door, and you can see this, like, yellowy eyeball sticking out of the slit. And you go, hmm, you don't look like goblins, but you could be goblins in disguise. How do I know you're not goblins in disguise? Well, goblin don't play harpsichord like that. Perhaps, perhaps. And uh, look at these mutton chops. Do goblins grow such fancy uh, mutton chops? I've seen some beautiful mutton chops on goblins. Please. And yeah, you're tall, but you could be doing the old trick where you got one goblin standing on the shoulders of another goblin. How do I know for sure? Now, it's true you play quite beautifully, as I said. 
But everyone knows one thing about goblins, which is goblins are stupid. And so, yep, if, yep. You, if you can prove you're not stupid, then you can't be goblins. Right? Of course. Well, I take every challenge of intelligence. All right, then um, I got a test for you then. Here's an intelligence test to prove you're not stupid. Are you ready? Here's your instructions. Play dead. What? I said play dead. Like lay on the f- lay on the fucking ground and just be like sticking our tongues out or whatever. That seems like that doesn't seem like a fucking goblin could do that. Well, then maybe you no. need to think a little more deeply about it, my friend. Could be a trick question. Uh, now, if I recall... No, wait. Somebody earlier said when they spelled dead... I think that was a giant they spelled it, D-E, dead. So I was thinking, play dead, play D-E-D on the harpsichord. Oh, of course. Well, or D-E-A-D. D-E-A-D. Yeah, that D-E-A-D. makes sense. That's the right spelling. D-E-A-D. Well, D-E-A-D, D... Let me, hold on, let me think this. Um, I've got to remember my theory. D-E-A-D, they're all fifths of each other. Yeah, right, so that makes sense. And I'll just hit I'll the mega chord. Oh, it's a lovely chord, that is. It's a lovely chord. The fourth. Wait, fourth, fifth. Ah, oh, fuck, whatever. I think you've got it. Uh, you know, that's a lovely chord. That's a lovely chord. And you're quite clever, you're right. And the second you, 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 know, you play the right notes, D-E-A-D on the harpsichord, then uh, you can hear some locks on the other side of the door being undone. And uh, that door opens, and inside is this large, fat, hairless, goblin-like creature sitting on a rock. He's smoking a enormous long pipe. He's got this reddish-brown kind of mottled frog-like skin. There's a little niche in the cave wall with some bedding and a small shelf of books. And there's, congratulations, congratulations. As I said, I am the guardian of the Underdark Road. Folk call me the Norker. And I've been hired here because my presence frightens the goblins. And, well, even though they need me, my appearance disgusts the dandies of Illyria. So I sit here and collect my salary and keep goblins out. And I save up all my coins to travel to the other side of the world where I will find the female Norker. There's only one. I don't have that much long to find her. I know she lives there. She's studying in a tower of ivory. And I know this because a fortune teller told me so. And as everyone knows, all fortune tellers tell the exact truth all the time. And all their fortunes always come true. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa, you're, you're so sweet. Yes. I hope you took a chance to collect some mushrooms there, did you? We did indeed. Okay, well, make sure that you eat the... Remember that the light red ones are medicine, and the dark red what? ones are poison, so be careful. No, just a minute now. That's not what that's we not heard. That's not what we heard. Well, but that's not what we heard from the goblins. Who are you going to believe, a stupid goblin or me, the Norker? I'm an educated Norker. Well, okay, so you say you look a lot like a goblin to me. I'm much more handsome than a goblin. At least I hope that female Norka thinks so, wherever she is. Is this actually a goblin here? A goblin what? 
Are you a goblin? You look like a goblin. No, I'm, a, I'm, I'm semi-related to goblin kind, but I'm much larger and more handsome, as you can tell. Yes. So you're goblin cousin. Uh, that's one way to... Genetically One speak. way to look at it, yes. One way to look at it. If you believe in the theory of evolution, which, as we all know, is absolute rubbish. Well, the, the goblins did tell us about this shortcut, so I think they're pretty trustworthy. They might be dumb, but they're trustworthy. They say that... Um, that the light red is poison and the dark red is medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll have to trust your own judgment. I, I personally don't eat them because I've never become wounded. But I do know that you must uh, must prepare them in some fashion. You can't just eat them raw. You'll need to boil them down. But Anyway, I, I thank you for pleasing me with your cleverness. And uh, I'll, I'll feel free to send you on your way. And he pulls aside a tapestry where there's there's another wall. Now, the tapestry is like woven into various polyhedral shapes. A lot of the art of this world is is abstract and symmetrical. You know, they don't draw a lot of, of people and things like that in their art. But, he says, beware of death, he says, as you go on, because down here on the Underdark Road, death comes from above, and it also comes from below. But, good luck with your travels. And he gestures you to move through the next door. Right, well, moving on then, I suppose. Uh, nice to meet you, I think. Um, yes, nice to oh, meet you. Oh, by the way. Yes. How, f- how far to Illyrium, anyway? Oh, you should make it in less than a day, unless you tarry over long in any particular place. But you should make it in less than a day. And you guys know that should give you at least a day's... Uh, you know, a day's extra supply of milk. And that was the whole reason you took the the road in the first place. So maybe your plan to rest at the end of the road is a good one. But uh, beyond the chamber of the Norker, the road actually spirals downwards for a while. Going deeper and deeper into the Isoka Hedron shaped earth. And glyphs carved into the wall actually say to Illyria with an arrow here. And it curves downward for quite some time until it flattens out and empties into another vast chamber. This one's illuminated like the one above with some fungus and crystal growths. And there's a bridge that also spans this chamber, but it arches upward quite significantly, and it seems slick in your in your lantern light. It seems, it seems kind of slick with something foul, and it smells rather unpleasant from a distance. And you say, That's poo you're smelling, says a voice from behind and to the left, and you can see there's a natural alcove there in the cavern wall. And there's a small fire of dried fungus burning there and a small pot's over the fire and a little makeshift camp. But but no one's actually there. Uh, Please forgive my lack of visibility, <laughs> the voice says. Uh, I'm the invisible hobo. It's not my fault that I'm this way. Uh, don't be afraid. Sit and chat for a spell. Look, I'm... I'm cooking some beans. They're delicious. Wouldn't you like to have a nice meal? I'd love the company. Let me get a look at that cute little baby. Coochie-coochie-coo. Oh, don't, don't, don't come me closer, invisible hobo. Well, I'm already close. I'm sorry. I do that all the hey. time. Well, let me back off a little bit. Here, have some delicious beans, will you? Sit down and just chat for a few minutes with me and have some beans. They're good. Good for you. And you can see a spoon go into the pot. Delicious. They smell great, except for the, you know, overpowering smell of poo elsewhere. Uh, once you get right around the campfire. If you haven't had a meal yet today, you don't want to be wasting your precious rations. 
I love you to have some of these delicious beans, and look, they're perfectly fine. Watch. And uh, he, you can see a spoon float up and take a, you know, take the beans, and then uh, they disappear as the spoon raises up into his mouth. Mm-mm, good. They certainly smell good. Would you guys go ahead and try some beans? You guys want to have some of the beans? Well, Puck is not opposed to having some beans with an invisible man, but he's curious. So uh, as he sort of ambles over towards the fire and uh, <laughs> looks around for a spoon, he says, So, uh, uh, whose poo is that? Oh, that's the dire geese, man. They fly over here and they drop it everywhere. This is their great poo chamber. You're in the poo chamber of the dire geese, man. So why did you choose this chamber to make your living and your meals at? Well, it's not much. I'm a, like I say, I travel around. I'm a hobo. I, You know, so people don't like having an invisible man around. It makes them feel uncomfortable. Never know when you're... They always think you're spying on them, getting naked and whatnot. But I'm just here traveling through. And the uh, thing is, I'm a little bit afraid of that feller. Was down a little further there. Kind of looks like a great big goblin. I've been just working up my courage. I'm going to sneak past him eventually. But, uh, you know, i got to open the door, and he's going to know. I'll have to make a run for it. Uh, but so far, they, these, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here in this alcove, too, and them dire geesemen, you know, they whirl around. I don't know if they can land in here. they got those big wingspans, you know. I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be all right. But, uh, you know, uh, and then, you know, the baby, though, you notice the baby's looking right at him, like looking right at something and giggling, and he's coochie-coochie. See, you know, for some reason, babies and animals can see me. But adult sentient beings can't see me. It's weird. It's weird. But yeah, that whole bridge covered with droppings there, so be careful. Uh, but sit there and have some beans first. They're real good. You want to try the beans there, Puck? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, they're good. Put some seasoning, some flavors in there. Get the old umami going. The little umami action on the palate. That's always good stuff. And yeah, they seem Did perfectly you say good. Illuminati? No, I said umami. There's a flavor. Oh. Puck's going to reach into his uh, bag and pull out one of his rations, and uh, I assume it's like he's got some like dried meat in there mm-hmm. that he can like tear into the soup and let that get hydrated. Oh, yeah, and oh, yeah. the, the beans and make that. So he's like, oh, oh, "Here, I think I think this will make it even better. This is quite good, but I think this might make it better." Yeah, it sure smells better. I love it. Yeah, but you you feel after you swallow the first thing of beans, you feel confident that uh, they're safe. He's not trying to poison you or anything. He's just trying to be friendly. Go ahead and have some beans. Sit a spell. Everybody oh, else would like. Oh yeah, I, I would love some beans now that uh, I know they're safe. Okay. Yeah. So I suspicious. Right. Suppose I should oh. have some as well. Yeah, you should. It's great stuff. So uh, now, once you've all had like six or eight spoonfuls of beans, there's only one thing I got to tell you about the beans, though. Uh, they they're good, but they really cause very excessive flatulence. So. So, uh, I just wanted to warn you about that. I want... That's how you know they're good. Well, you know, if you soak them long enough before you cook them, you can eliminate that. Really? Well, yes. these are special beans, though. Right. I mean, I've never had flatulence like I've had with these beans. Okay, the last time that I ripped one after eating these beans, I flew up, like, I swear, 8 to 10 feet. I could have gone further up into the air, just rocketed me upwards, right? I almost hit my head on a ceiling and hurt myself real bad. But, you know, you never know when you might need some explosive rocket-like flatulence in a place like this. So eat up, eat up. 
This feels like a fucking Mel Brooks skin. <laughs> what? Well, eat your beans. Come on. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. This sounds like a fanciful hobo story to me. Just they tell stories. They, you know, exaggerate stuff. I've... Well, I definitely won't be having a second helping. No. Well, that's all right, because, you know, I I don't make enough for a... Uh... For four usually, but uh, here the pot's empty, and uh, let me rinse this out. And he has a bucket of water, and he's if you want you want to use the pot in the fire for anything. Unless you got some mushrooms there, you want to cook yourselves up some medicine before you go on. Yeah, but um, we're gonna have to test test that out before we want before we use it because we're not clear on which of the red shades is the medicine and which is the poison. Well, you mean the shades? Yeah. Huh. There's. I thought perhaps we could take them to an apothecary once we get to Illyria. Well, yeah, yeah. They got the greatest apothecaries in the world there in Illyria. All kinds of potions. Everything you could want. Well, since we uh, tasted your beans that you have failed to tell us about, uh, the you know, regarding the f- flatulence, uh, mm-hmm. maybe you want to taste this uh, these mushrooms and... See how they fare. Oh, no thank you. No thank you. I mean, what if there's poison? What if I ate the wrong ones? Uh, Plus, uh, you didn't even know there were shades. Yeah, I didn't know. I know there's, 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 I know there's some poisonous mushrooms and some fun mushrooms and some tasty mushrooms, but I don't know the difference. Fungus roulette. It's fun. No, I'm afraid I'm not. I'm full from beans right now. I don't need any mushrooms. Thank you kindly, though. Well, I think I'm going to have me a little nappers. And, uh, well, that baby's so cute. Thanks for letting me see the baby and eating some beans with an old invisible hobo. I sure appreciate that, fellas and ladies. And, uh, yeah, be careful there on the bridge, though. It's awful slippery with dire geeseman poo. Dire gear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Dire (laughs) Sorry. Oh, boy. How'd I not anticipate that one? <laughs> oh man, I have to, another one I have to apologize for. So Puck uh, is going to just reach in randomly and grab some mushrooms from somebody and and kind of look at it and say, "Right, which one is this? Is it light red or dark red?" Do we have? Were we able to collect both yeah, kinds I think you of guys collect, mushrooms? Yeah, I think he, so. We can we can hold them side by side for comparison. Right, right. Which one has okay, he got? Good. Does he have the dark red or the light red? <laughs> Let me see. There. Let me. I mean, I'm letting you guys decide which one he's holding. I think that looks like uh, light red to me. Right, and light red. That's what the goblin said was poison, but the Norka said was healing. Is that right? Yes, and I suggest that we do nothing with either of these until we get an apothecary, since there obviously are differing opinions or interpretations. Right, but we got a pot right here we can make potions in. We might not have one later, so I'm well, just going to eat this fucking mushroom right now unless somebody stops me. You're supposed to cook it first. You don't just eat it. Well, yeah, but I figure if I cook it and you cook it down and, and you cook it into a concentrated 
uh, solution, then it will be even worse for you. If it's a poisonous one, well, maybe I'll puke a bit. And if it's a good one, well, I won't. Maybe I won't puke a bit. This is what Mom thinking anyway. I'm thinking you're gonna puke no matter what you eat. Eat if you eat it raw. <laughs> um, well, uh, now, which one did you guys say he had? Which color? I said light red. Okay. You want to take a bite of the light red one? Unless somebody's going to stop me, he's going to do it. I don't think anyone's going to stop you. All right. You can take a nice bite. Tastes pretty good. It tastes like a nice raw mushroom, you know. Um, so you, people either like mushrooms or hate them. I happen to really, really love them. But uh, it doesn't taste nasty or too poisonous. And, uh, you know, after a uh, couple minutes, nothing happens. Uh, nothing terrible. You don't throw up. You don't feel any better. But then again, sometimes throwing up can take a little longer than a few minutes. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But if you guys would like to uh, go out and move out across that bridge that's covered with the the dire geeseman poo, you can go ahead and... Well, will you guys take... Is, go ahead. Is there a way that we could um, send whoever has the highest dexterity across with the rope and tie it so that it's kind of like a handrail? Yeah. Yeah. Who would like to go across first? Well, I think I have the highest dexterity. Okay. Well, you start walking out onto the bridge, and uh, now you've only got like 50 feet of rope, I think. The bridge is much longer than that, but you could, you know, help at least to get up to the, remember I said it's like terribly arched, so you at least get up to the top point, maybe. And uh, you start walking out onto it. No rolls are necessary when you're simply walking, you know, under normal circumstances. And uh, you get up to about the uh, the midway point of the bridge, and, uh, you know, you're feeling pretty good, Puck. You're feeling, gosh, you never felt this good. You're feeling like everything's going to be pretty good. Oh, man, you didn't really notice before, though, the end of the bridge. In front of you, it's, it's like, looks like it's melting. It's like it's just melting right off, and the walls, the walls of this vast chamber, they look like they're kind of melting a little bit too. And the lights, well, you didn't realize how bright and beautiful they are, and they're refracting into all kinds of colors. And your face feels kind of numb, but your body is really warm and feeling good. And uh, yeah, you're you're a smart enough guy to realize this is probably some kind of an effect of what you've just eaten, uh, but still too early to tell exactly which kind of mushroom you ate but uh, you realize you, you're you starting to uh, become a little concerned you might have a very serious trip coming on here over the next few hours and so uh, but you can set up the rope and get your friends up there to the midpoint and uh, just when you're all up there at the midpoint of the bridge you hear this harsh squawking cry from above and Five large dire geesemen just swoop down upon you. You had plenty of time to see them coming, so they haven't surprised you. But uh, it's a very slippery surface that you're standing on. Uh, but go ahead and roll initiative. Why don't you roll a d6? I'm going to roll a d6. I got a four. Could go either way. Uh, point of clarification: is, is did Puck make it all the way across? Or? No, he's like at the midpoint because that's when he would have had okay. had ran a rope and got them up to meet him. And, uh, yeah, of course, when these geesemen swoop in, you, you, Puck, can see, like, these long streamers, you know, tracers behind them as they come swooping in. And uh, so who's going to roll that D6? 
votes. Hopefully you can get a four or higher because you guys win ties. I'll give it a shot. All right. Six. Hey, 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 you guys have the initiative. They come swooping in, and uh, you could probably get like a round of ranged fire against them if you would like before they come crashing into you. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start with uh, with the fastest one of you, which is probably Puck. So, <clears throat> Puck does not have one that is within dagger range. Not I dagger assume. range, no. I didn't know if he had a ranged weapon or not, but... Uh, no, there's none within dagger range yet, but on their attack, they will be. He does not have a ranged weapon, so... Um, he's just standing there. He's got, like, his dagger in one hand and his shield in the other, and he's just kind of looking at his hands quizzically. <laughs> It's perfectly appropriate. Rufus, what do you do? Um, I also don't have a ranged weapon, so I think I might take this opportunity to um, get out my shield for extra protection. That's a good idea. And my my daggers. Okay. Because I can't hold my shield and my longsword. That's true. All right, so you uh, re-equip yourself, and I believe that you have a sling, don't you, Miriam? I do indeed, okay. yes. Well, there's five of them. Three of them are swooping down in right now, and two of them are a little further back. Nine. Okay, and uh, their armor is six because they're unarmored. So you hit one, and it uh, cries out. It doesn't... Uh, it doesn't, like, die or anything, but it veers off. Like, it's not going to commit itself to coming right in for the attack anymore. But the other two come swooping in. And one of them, while you're looking at your hands, Puck, uh, comes in and swoops down. And, oh, my goodness, he rolls a 10. Does that hit you? I think it does. I think it does. And, yeah, yeah, and of course, the damage will be the difference, if any, between two. And you take two points of damage. But also, you're buffeted, and you, like, fly right off the bridge. You're not holding, you know, you're not, like, attached to the rope anymore at the moment. You're, like, falling, you're falling. What do you do? Is there anything you could think of that might propel you back to the bridge? No. Well. Not really. Okay, well, while your tummy's rumbling. Are you feeling gassy? Your tummy's rumbling a little bit there. <laughs> oh, God. And, uh, yeah. But while you're thinking about that, while you're falling, the other one comes in and swoops in at Rufus, also rolls a 10. And, uh, you know, you're... you're Armor is one higher because you got the shield right now, Rufus. But what is it? So I also take will take two damage. <laughs> you take two damage. You two are swept off. You're just falling. Oh, ah! ah! And of course that uh, there's the one that's veered away. He didn't want to get hurt again. But there's two more coming in. What do you guys do? You're falling. You can see the bridge just you know looming away above you. You can see Miriam looking down at you, aghast as she sees you falling. What do you guys do? Uh, well, speaking of aghast, I guess. Uh I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be aghast, aghassy. And, um, um, I mean, since you've you forced one out, yeah. <coughs> All right. Well, you start to fall, and but yeah, you can feel the gas. You know, you're warned about this. And you just let one rip, and you rock it straight up, right back up to the bridge. You're able to grab on with your hands and pull yourself ah. up. And, uh, fuck, what are you doing? Follow his example. 
seeing that, Puck is going to be like, well, yeah, I could do that too, right? And he's going to try to um, do the same thing, but I think... I'm going to roll a d6, and if I get a 6, he's going to also shit himself. Shit himself a little bit. That's appropriate. Yeah, Yeah, just a 4. Okay, good, good. Well, again, you rip one out, and you shoot back up. Man, the explosive properties of these, these gassy beans have saved your life. And you rock it back up, and you can pull yourself right up onto uh, the bridge just in time to roll initiative again as the other two who had not committed yet come swooping in. I mean, the ones that attacked you like kept on swooping by. And uh, let's roll initiative this time. Hey, I got a three. Well, I think Puck, having taken some damage, and uh, I think he's his head is back in the game a bit, but he rolls a two. Sorry. All right, well, they swoop, and this time Miriam... Uh, one of them swoops in, but he can't quite connect with you. He can't quite connect. He's only got a six. And Rufus being a bigger target. I only rolled a five that time, so you guys were lucky. They're still they're swooping away from you after the attack, but they're not so fast they can just hit and run, and you can't attack them back. You, know, you swipe at them as they pass by, and any of you can attack. You didn't have to have been attacked by one. But, uh, Miriam, let's go ahead and start with you this time. Uh, do you want to okay. slice at this one that just bumped into you but didn't do much damage? I- do okay. I do? Mm, five. Okay. Well, you don't quite hit him, and he like flies off. And then, uh, what about you, Rufus? What do you want to do? I will stab at one of them. All right. Stabby stab with the dagger. Yeah, and I right. uh, have taken a uh, another. I started with it a uh, plus one attack bonus, and then at level took- three, I took another one. So all right, be- great. 2d6 plus 2. Yeah, I mean, all you need is a 6. Oh, well, I got a 6 then. Okay, you got 6. Well, it's not to hit it, but not enough to really hurt it, and it swoops yeah. on. Now, you guys have this feeling if you run, you know, if you maybe even slid down the other side of this great arch bridge, you might be able to get out of here before they can wing back around. You want to run for it, or do you want to stand and fight? You don't know how many explosive parts you've got left in you, though. I think we need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, I'm still, you know, I was already low, and then I took two more, so it's getting risky. Yeah, it's getting risky. You guys want to run for it? Perhaps we can, um, you know, fart our way and give ourselves a boost <laughs> as we slide. Hmm. Wow. Well, <laughs> of course, if Miriam does this, it will be a very discreet girl-like Fart. A little. <laughs> <laughs> fart. You want to try it? You want to push one out? I do. You might okay, fart too much, though. You might propel well, yourself into. Well, into your you. Death. You have every intention of letting out a very feminine, nice little. <laughs> but no, man, it's, it's just a like a squeaker. This is full on. It's a full on. Wow. And the baby oh, giggles. It's so dainty. <laughs> the baby giggles, and you just slide right down. You just slide down the geese, dire geeseman poop covered bridge, and just shoot down like like a rocket. It's just amazing. And uh, the other two guys, if you try to fart, you, you got no farts left in you. You know, it was such an explosive guy. You could just you just have to slide normally. Uh, oh, I'm gonna try anyway. Okay. They call me Rootin' Tootin' Rufus. 
<laughs> well, you guys, uh, you guys. I probably just shit myself. I guess. Probably just shit yourself if you push that hard. I mean, we're sliding in shit anyway. That's right. No, it's not like now it's I'm like anybody's going to be able to identify who's shit. I push so true. hard, I'm prolapsed now. Always do your the dungeon of prolapse, Janus. All right. Well, you guys go plunging down this bridge, and uh, oh my stomach. And uh, you you end up in his chamber uh, beyond the the arched bridge, uh, where uh, there's there's actually quite a few bigger mushrooms in here, like very very large. Also mold and fungus all around the walls, and it's actually uh, kind of moist in here. And you walk through those chambers for a bit, and eventually you come to a much larger chamber where there's a waterfall just plunging out of a hole up above you, but it's going down and creating this pool, but with a definite uh, current, you know, almost a rapid, and it goes into where the floor meets the opposite wall, and the water plunges down into a tunnel. There's some headroom above the water, right? You know, you know. but this is the only way out of the room. Now, it says there are some of those big, large mushrooms in here, but some of them have died, and they have these, like, shield-like mushroom caps that have fallen off the walls, and litter the room. They're they're kind of laying upside down like little upside down umbrellas. And, uh, you know, they're about the size of a shield. But other than uh, going into that river or the water, you can't uh, quite figure out how to get out of this room. Um, somebody said something about an upside down uh, place. Was, yeah, they uh, mentioned an upside down city, so you'd know it when you saw it. But this doesn't look like it. Well, mushrooms are upside down, aren't they? Well, the dead ones, yeah, the caps have fallen off, and they just kind of wobble sitting there. Hmm. Can we check around um, for, like, a, maybe a secret? Yeah, you guys spent a few minutes checking around, but you can't find any other any other secret doors. So, probably not the not not the best time. But um, do my hands look weird to you, <laughs> or is it just me? Yeah, um, you've got one missing finger. Well, besides that, obviously. Oh well, uh, no, they're just kind of bony to me. But that's how you get your nimbleness, I guess. They look like perfectly normal fingers to me. Right. Well, it must just be me then. So, um, how the hell do we get out of here? Hmm. I don't know, but look at my hands. They're big, strong sausage fingers. <laughs> and you ought to do uh, some uh, some exercises, you know, once in a while. Get those fingers plumped up like mine. Hmm. you got a set of boudon blanc over there. Right. Now? We don't know French. No. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a it's a white sausage. Okay. Sorry. All right. Well, before someone makes a joke about white sausage, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I'll reiterate the, the room here. Let you puzzle yeah. this out. 
The water is plunging down into a tunnel, right? It's, it doesn't fill the whole thing. Okay, you've got these uh, shield-sized dead mushrooms laying around. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, everyone into the shield-sized mushrooms. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a plunge. These are little, like little boats, I think. Gosh, you know what? They, they sure the seem rapids. like they. Yeah, they sure seem like they could be. It's funny because my first instinct was that the plunging water had something to do with plunger. Plunger, yes. <laughs> plunger is everywhere. This is actually a part of a fantasy novel that Plunger has written. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I was going to say like the the farting uh, gave it away. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Anyway, uh, yeah, if you guys want to try that, you can uh, each hop into one of these little mushroom boats, as you might think of them, and hop into that uh, that rapid. And it just takes you, the second you put them in the water and jump in, you just start floating right towards that tunnel and just plunge down into it and uh, go into this underground river. It's almost like a ride at a water park as you just shoot down this tunnel. And every now and then, though, there's like a pretty low overhanging rocks. In fact, there's some coming up. There's some coming up. Everybody make dexterity rolls so you don't bang your heads. You know, you don't duck your head so you don't bang your head on the roof of this low spot here as you go sailing down the underground river. And if you fail, then you take one point of damage. You bang your head on the bang your forehead on the on yeah. the ceiling. I banged my head. We all I did as well. Oh no! Everybody bang their heads. Metal health, and uh, <laughs> we'll drive you mad. That's right. Well, anyway, uh, that doesn't happen again. Thank the polyhedral gods. But finally, uh, the river just spits out on this long plume of water out into a huge underground lake. And above this lake in the chamber, you realize what they must have meant by the upside down city, because there does seem to be one there in the ceiling. But what it actually is, it's the bottoms of thousands of basements and sub-levels and underground corridors. Like somebody's basement, they move a stone, it just fall, you know, goes down forever into this lake. And there's even some, like, sewer water trickling out of some grates in uh, the, the bottoms of some of these uh, structures. And it's trickling down into the underground lake. But that lake itself has this slow circular current. Not like a whirlpool. It's just really lazy and slow, but it's clear that it's forever draining into some deeper hole below it. And there's some stairs and some scaffolding that run up the sides of this chamber that lead up to one of the largest of those sub-buildings that jut down from the ceiling high above. And I'll assume you guys, you know, paddle your mushroom boats over to the edge and, and climb up those stairs. And at the top of those stairs, doorway is an open doorway and it opens into a room at the base of some very broad stairs that go up and the brassy sunlight of this world floods the chamber and there are two beefy members of the Illyrian guard here in their distinctive chainmail that's been smoked to give it a blue color and they've got these sloped backed helmets that give them an almost penile appearance and oh welcome to Illyria they say and that's where we'll go ahead and and stop for tonight's episode. <laughs> All right. And so uh, we do have some, uh, we have, uh, let's see, I think you got through some difficult challenges. 
Uh, I don't know if there's anything so impressive that it goes beyond your expected ability, but I'm still going to give the 3 XP. It's not enough to level again. Every level you need more, you know, but probably at the end of our next session you might level again. And we'll worry about that then. And we will go ahead and stop for this week, and we will see you guys, our listeners, next week because we're going to go ahead and continue on with a few more adventures in the, the world of, uh, well, this, this unnamed 20-sided world in which we play Maze Rats. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world. And check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com. Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.